Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me as always is Beat Right. Well, not always as always. I should say with me as is usually always, but we do have to, I feel like we've got to welcome you back. It felt a little strange not having you for a few there. Hoping the move is going well uh, for you, but uh, glad to have Patrick Lyons back on the show. We missed you. Glad to be back. It's glad to be missed. Missed uh, you, Drew, and missed our crazy community that we have here that pulls for the Denver, uh, the Denver Nine, the DNVR Rockies. Colorado Rockies, man, it, it's good to be back and talking baseball because it's it's the best game. We love it, even when times are hard. And we're going to talk about some of those hard times, both locally and nationally, with some of the crazy stuff going on. But it's baseball, so it's it's great. Yeah, yeah. On, on this episode, we will dive into the sticky balls. That's right. Substance stuff, doctoring the baseball, uh, some of the history of it. We don't have time for the entire history of it, but we'll talk about uh, what's kind of going on in this most recent scandal? For those of you that have really dove into this, uh, you know, this is probably just going to be mostly repeating some of these things for you. We'll talk a little bit about just the wider conversation going around. But we want to make sure that everyone's up to speed on this because this is a, a conversation that everyone should be on the same page with here in baseball. Got to know what in the world is going on. And it's it's pretty complicated and and odd and so there are a lot of different elements that we're going to have to parse through there before we get all that though uh we will begin with some colorado rockies talk for you patrick they remain not good on the road (laughs) not good on the road uh not good in the all-star voting so far uh surprised by that uh which is also a road thing. It's a road thing, right? Rockies fans can only do so much. They're one of 15 National League clubs to vote for their guys, and the other 14 markets have not really uh, paid enough attention to the number one guy right now, Ryan McMahon, who's he's seventh in, in second base voting, but he's really only uh, a couple you know, thousand votes outside of third place behind Gavin Luck. So he's right there within striking distance. Uh, this year's voting was, will be a little bit different. The week before they make the announcement of the, the starting rosters for the All-Star game, they're going to have a final four. So you're going to get to vote again. So as long as McMahon's in there in the top four, that will be great. I think he will eventually get there. Do you, do you think he'll get sneak into the top four? I think he probably will. I I think there will be some campaigning. I think there will be a lot of fun and interesting conversations about how much we should care about defense when it comes to the All-Star game. That's always a fun conversation because that's one of his biggest claims, right? And usually it's just one of those things where you look at a guy's batting line and go, oh, that guy's better. (laughs) Go to the All-Star game. Uh, Defense oftentimes doesn't play a role unless the guy's really, really known for it. And McMahon is just now making – his self known for it. So that'll be interesting. I think he gets there. Um, I like the new format though. Is that something, do you, do you like the top four thing? I think I do like it. Again, we need to see it in action, right? We need need to know what's going on with that. But I think that's a, definitely a good way of, of preventing, you know, serious ballot stuffing Yeah. where, Hey, you could get all your, like Atlanta is a team that always does a really good job of getting their guys, you know, in the top five. 
So even if you got, you know, all eight of your, your National League players in the top four, you know, it's what they did on the field in those other 14 markets that right. will decide. So that's fine. Yeah. If you get your guys in the top four, so be it, you know, there was an issue uh, even, even before you could vote online uh, and you can vote up to five times per day per account uh, <laughs> on the MLB.com app and uh, website. But uh, even in, it was in, even in the late 1970s with the Cincinnati's big red machine where they were able to get guys in there. And rightfully so. I mean, that was, uh, an all time, you know, dynasty that they had there, sure. but even still, I, I think it'll end up working out well. You know, again, we, we don't know yet. Uh, it, it will depend. It could also be, you know, what have you done for me lately? So Ryan yeah. McMahon could be head and shoulders, the best second baseman in the national league, but Ozzy Albies goes out. Maybe he has two walk-offs yeah. in that yeah. final week right. and you go, well, he is having a very good year. Atlanta is in first place and he just won them two ball games. I'm voting Ozzy Albies, and you go, okay, that does make sense, but then McMahon ends up getting shafted, and that's going to be something that is going to come you know, with, with that, uh, this new ground that we're dealing with with the final four voting for that, that last week. Yeah. Yeah, it's all going to be very interesting. I think you're right. I immediately, you know, when I first heard about this, I did think of uh, the Kansas City Royals from a few years back, uh, and, and again, a lot of those guys very deserving, and it was cool to see a fan base that had gone so long without anything <laughs> to get super excited about, basically from George Brett and Bud Black, you know, that era, uh, since that era ended in the late 80s until the mid, you know, 2014, 2015 time when that was happening, nothing. You know, and then so they go out and they get their entire starting lineup basically voted into the All-Star game because they were just so excited about their team being good and having gone to the World Series. And they were selling out every game. And this was back, remember, when you still filled out paper tickets? Do they still have those? I still I hope so. I'm not sure what the last year of the paper ballots are. Um, it, it could be a good five years ago that they went away with it. And you go, hey, that is better for the environment. But it is. I still have some. I still kept some from the 90s. I don't know and if got some. Mom. You can find them on eBay. There are people yeah. who sell, sell them on eBay. Yeah, and that's no. definitely something – you know, it's a lot cheaper than, you know, buying a, a yearbook or a program from the World Series. I'm, get a, get an all-star ballot from like yeah. every year that they had them since the 80s. Yeah. That, that's a cool little thing to to create yeah. a collection. But yeah, I, I miss having those little hanging chads. Yeah. You can have that conversation. And yeah, as you said, good good on Kansas City for doing that. That's a small market city too. Again, we're not <laughs> talking about a juggernaut of like, well, yeah, the New York Mets, uh, right. Yankees, Red Sox, uh, now Cubs, Dodgers. Like they're, they're global markets that people, you know, all around the world could, could sign on to MLB.com and vote for We're talking about the Kansas city Royals. So right. they, uh, good, good on them for forcing MLB's hand. Right. But yeah, I, I do think this would be an interesting way. And if, if it works in, in its best ideology, I, I think you're going to get sort of the best representation of baseball this way and, and maybe have fewer guys get left out of the process who might've been, on the wrong side of, oh man, I don't get to go to the all-star game, even though I'm truly having a great year because this guy was voted in by a fan base. That's just more excited or, and you can, you can argue some of that's going on right now with Ryan McMahon. Sure. There's a statistical argument to be made that, you know what, maybe he's right where he belongs. Uh, it, it all depends on what you're weighing and, and what you believe in. But I think you'd be hard pressed to sell anybody that 
the current state of the Rockies and the current state of the Rockies fan base is doing him no favors. <laughs> Absolutely none, right? People are just not excited about this team or anything having to do with this team right now. And so he's getting a, at least a little bit of that as well, which is a bummer. So a little short shrift. And he, Adam yeah. Frazier of the Pirates, second in voting. So you yeah. know what, Rockies fans? Yeah. That's the gauntlet. That's the gauntlet that that I'm throwing down for you. Let's get Ryan McMahon to have more votes than Adam Frazier. This shouldn't be too hard. Frazier, good, you know, all-around player, kind of a utility guy, is settled in at second base finally. You know, puts puts the bat on the ball, does a good job batting average-wise, and yeah. he's been able to drive in some runs. But Pittsburgh is a last-place team. They've been for most of, of your life. If you're listening <laughs> to this, there's a good chance they've been essentially a last-place team your entire life. So we can't let Pittsburgh go ahead and, right. and, and take our guy Ryan McMahon out. Now, I think in the top 10 of all the other positions, there's not another single other Rockies player, which is kind of a bummer. You'd like to see maybe – you know, Charlie Blackman. And I think eventually he may get, you know, back into the top 10 in voting. In fact, uh, as I said, the top four guys at each position yeah. will go into uh, the final week of voting. And then for outfielders, I'm not sure what that number is. I think it may be closer to 10. So I think, I think Blackman could be a guy that goes to that yeah. final week in voting. Right. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe even Trevor Story again, he's, he's got to heat up and do some more things, but yeah. Um, at least see him in that 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 final grouping. And what will really be interesting is what players. This will be a good way for the fans to say, "Hey, how good are MLB fans? How many players get selected by coaches?" Right, and we know that every team has to be represented. Right. So they're going to be some real wild card kind there's, of candidates. Going to be a couple of guys. But you say, "Hey, uh, MLB fans, you you didn't have uh, three or four of these guys even in the top four at their position yeah that will be interesting to see yeah. how well the fans do right yeah totally we're, we're going to be able to grade their performance <laughs> in a way right yeah. in a way totally well one guy we've been talking about uh who had been making a case and and doing the thing but then for Herman marquez as, yes. as you were basically just saying it can it can disappear uh it can be built that quickly and it can disappear that quickly with some Bad performances probably cost him any opportunity at getting into that ball game. But our guy, what, who was it? Oh, um, Conorado, ready for Gomber to pitch a gem tonight. Gomber does still have his hot streak going. Uh, Marquez knocked off of his a little bit. Tough, tough task in front of basically like the all the best right-handed hitters in baseball who aren't. Ronald Acuna Jr. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Anyone who's not a junior, no, they have a junior. They have ooh, who are the top five juniors? Never mind. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando, that's right. They have, they do have a junior. So, but the the right-handed hitters in that lineup are just like, okay. So good luck, Austin. This is, I mean, talk about a very true test. If he does go out and pitch a gem tonight. Uh, yeah, that, that that will definitely you know get get folks noticing a little yeah, bit if he, for sure. If he gets knocked around, he gets knocked around. Let's not forget he's still essentially a rookie, and they're very very good. But Conorado, if you're right, if he goes out and does the thing, we'll check on the rake shirts for you as well. We'll we'll ask our guy Weedham about getting in some more rake shirts. We enjoy those. But yeah, well, they raked, they raked, they raked uh, in Cincinnati, and they they they, they did fairly well in Miami. They hit. They only got one win. I said two, you said three. Our boy Aaron, 
He was feeling the vibe. He was the first time. He was was on the show. He was in studio. He's like, man, I'm feeling great. I feel great about the Rockies. They're going to go four and two. (laughs) We love him. He'll learn. He'll learn. Uh, We'll we'll get it figured out. But Tapia continued with his hitting streak. I think I said – I know I said uh, he'll have hits in four of the six games. I think he had hits in all six. No, five of six. All six, yeah. He's he's got a ten game. He's even better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was was even better. So – um, you know, you gotta love that, but yeah, the, the right-handed hitters in that lineup tonight against, uh, Austin Gomber, Tommy Pham, who hit a leadoff home run over the weekend. Manny Machado is, seems like he's really yet to, to heat up. Will Myers. Yes. Will Myers. That Will Myers. Uh, that Will Myers. Yeah. The one and only, <laughs> so the only fan base that cowers in a corner every time Will the, Myers comes to the play. only junior that could strike more fear into the hearts of Rockies fans right <laughs> now, uh, more, more so than Fernando Tatis Jr. would be Will Myers Jr. Junior, and yeah, when that sure. day comes, <laughs> that will derail any chance the Rockies have of going to the series in 2039, whatever it might be. Brutal. But that that's that's rough. Yeah, you know, Freeland uh, got knocked around a little bit there, and you understand why he was left in a little bit longer, giving up those five home runs. And then going back to Marquez, didn't give up any home runs, and he was still able to give up, you know, all those runs, which is which is kind of uh, strange. Wow. Cincinnati's just hot right now with the sweep. They're one game over five hundred, and uh, they definitely played better. Again, they they might not have pitched better, but yeah. I think overall they played better. And you go, ah, all right, they went one and five. But it didn't look like the same one in five or zero oh in six, like they had been on the road previously. And you go, "There's no way that this team doesn't lose a hundred games." You go, "Ah, man, they're gonna they're gonna get beat up a lot uh, this year when you, when when you see what they did on the road." But you go, "Ah, you know they 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 were competitive. They're a lot more competitive uh, than than the one in five record might show." Similar to that Dodger series where they won one out of three, and you go, or one out of four, and they went one and three, and you go, "All right." Sure, if they continue at this pace, they're losing 100 games. But look how competitive that they yeah. that they were. And I think there's the same was was true of this road trip to Miami and Cincinnati. Yeah, and in addition to you know they they did actually manage to score some runs. They left plenty of extra runs out there too, which is obviously super frustrating. And, and you you get upset about those things. But uh, you know, for example, in the the final game there in Cincinnati, twice with the bases loaded uh, and nothing to show for it in that one. Uh, I went off about the CJ Crone at bat and how when strike one and two are both called and out of the zone when you're up there trying to have a good AB with the bases loaded, that really sucks. Uh, and, for, and for all intents and purposes, you get the walk right there. Rockies very easily, you know, turn that ball game into a win, have a big offensive game. So I'm with you. You're seeing the improvement there. You're seeing some hitters finally figuring out some of this hangover effect type of situation. Uh, and still, while their best guys are, are well, well Bar- Blackman's actually been a lot better. I shouldn't say that. Very good. While yes. While their best hitter, theoretically, in Trevor Story, uh, has been very, very cold since coming back from the IL. So, even with him not doing it, seeing more out of the road offense, you figure somewhere down the line, if the road pitching catches up a little bit with that, they do. And again, this is all in my theory with the inexperience of the team, they'll. Just learn a little bit. They'll learn how to win on the road. Enough to salvage anything meaningful? Probably not, unless getting 99 losses like I've made. Essentially, I'm sitting on that prediction. I feel like I feel very good about that now. Like it's going to be exactly 99. 
I don't think 99 losses and the word good should ever be in the exactly. same sentences, sentence, exactly right. but we'll, we'll let you the slide on that. will mean that at some point they'll like win a road series and we'll all go, what the, you know, they'll just, they'll just pop a random road series win and they'll, or they'll win two games in a row or three, maybe even three games in a row on the road randomly because things do link up a little bit. I think right. we'll see that at some point this year and that'll throw off, like you were talking about some of those, uh, they're on pace to types of things. Cause that's all it takes to really mess up those numbers handful in a row, just cause whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, if you think they're going to lose 99, you should just hope they lose 100. I mean, it, sure. I don't, <laughs> again, I don't care. <laughs> about it, it, it's better removing that little, uh, that little jewel from the Monfort's uh, infinity gauntlet of like, well, you know, look at this one. It says we've never lost 100 never games. Lost 100 games. One less. So tonight we got to Nelson Lamette, Austin Gomer back at Coors Field. Yeah. Hugh Darvish tomorrow night against Chi Chi Gonzalez. And then on Wednesday, Blake Snell against Kyle Freeland. Two lefties. That is a good matchup. That'll be fun. That will be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you like you, you like Kyle's chance to be home and and you know, get back. Obviously everybody's been better at Coors Field this year, which is really interesting. And we've talked about that a lot. Kyle's always been, you know, the, the hometown guy there. Uh, slight pitching matchup in favor of the Padres in game two. And <laughs> just, a, just a slight one. I love you, Darvish. Uh, though he has had his issues with Coors Field over the years, if I recall correctly. I'd have to look that up. But in my recollection, he's gotten – Hit hit around there once or twice. So, uh, but Chi Chi is coming off obviously just a nightmare of an outing. But I, yeah. I made this whole point about. Tell me if this is just total BS. But about you know eight earned runs. He gave up three homers in an inning, and then another inning where he was real bad. Or, but that he managed to like gut out six innings. I thought was like, you know how many dudes would have just thrown their head down and walked off after three and hit the showers and been ready for their call down to triple a or whatever at that point. And Gigi was just kind of expected to get the six and he did. And ugly as it was, I was kind of like, you know what? Good for you, man. <laughs> no, for sure. And we, we've seen that the, the bullpen has been banged up a little bit as, as they try to, you know, sort some things out. And I think the, the, the one victory that they did have during the week, I think you, you saw Estevez in the seventh, Givens in the eighth, Bard in the ninth. And you go, okay, this yeah. is something it, at least, it's something until yep. Givens, until all three of those guys get traded. Frankly, I mean, they all three of them are probably on the block. Fine, but that looked nice, right? That that did look nice. And but yeah, you got to say, you know what? Sometimes you need length from those starters. And, and again, Chichi is is the long man. Um, so for for him to to have to go out there and, and do that, you know, the bullpen's already a little depleted because you know Chassim, we haven't been able to see any long outings out of him. He we we saw him this week a little bit, so. You just got to go out there and, and and do it and 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 just just suck it up. So we'll see what happens um, with with this Padres series. If if he does a little bit better against Darvish, maybe Darvish is the one uh, that will have to suck it up, uh, as he does have a five point five two ERA and three starts at Coors Field. So uh, only only nine strikeouts in in fourteen and two thirds innings. So yeah, he's uh, he's missed bat or he's not missed bats, I should say. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of sucking it up, you can suck up some Breck Brew while you're watching your baseball game this evening, going out to the ball game, watching nearby, watching 
at your home, just taking in a little bit of baseball with some Breck Brew and some Celtsies. 15 can samplers. That's right. 12 packs are for wimps. Get that 15 can tap pack, as we call it here, the number 15, the 15 can sampler of either Seltzer or Breck Brew. We we get both of them because they're finally in stock now regularly at our King Supers and they put them right next to each other. And we've actually get like coupons on, uh, they have good deals when you buy them both. So check and see if there are coupons in your area. If you're getting them at King Supers, check for that. Never know about uh, any of those, but you, you get each one, all kinds of flavors, absolutely delicious stuff. You know, you get a bigger one down at the DNVR bar. If you're a member of the family do become a member of the family subscribe today you get access to all the written content discounts on hats and shirts and the bigger beer access to the discord channel chatting baseball 24 7. i also like movies and food and skiing and snowboarding and just current events what's going on in your life always talking always having a good time here hanging out with the dnvr family so make sure that you do subscribe we'll also send you a free t-shirt from the dnvr locker and a free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. Check them out today at H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com and use promo code DMVR30 to get 30% off after we've sent you that free CBD stick just for becoming a member of the family. You think it would be the opposite and wintertime would be the time in which this would kick in. But now at the end of spring and certainly feels like summer, summer is the time where you want to go out and be more active and feel your best self. Like it's easy. Yeah. It's a lot easier to do that. And yeah. with the holistic stick, you know, holisticwellness.com, that's going to play into that, I think, really well. We should, it should be winter. Winter time is when we should be focusing on it because we all just want to hibernate right. when it gets cold outside. But uh, it's one of those things where everything's clicking. You're eating a lot more fruit, a lot more vegetables, uh, and start adding holisticwellness.com with use of code DNVR30 to really kind of ramp that up, take it to the next level. Strava is good for that too. Right. That well, Strava is how you, you start. You start with Strava, then you you know you do your CBD stick. You go on your run. You do all your morning stuff. You're you're, you're very active, like you said during the day. At the end of the day, you're tired of being active. What do you do this time of year? Your barbecue. And I'll tell you what makes every barbecue complete. That's beef from Hassel Cattle Company. Absolutely delicious stuff. Wagyu beef that could change your life. It's totally changed mine. I haven't bought beef at the grocery store in months since they became a sponsor, actually. Whenever it was, they became one uh, a while ago. I've asked Lindsay at this point. But they're guys, it's, it's absolutely delicious stuff. It's so, so good. The ground chuck and ground beef. The bacon, had bacon this morning. Uh, absolutely delicious stuff. The steaks uh, for a little bit of specialty. The roast any kind of beef that you can think of, they've got they've got award-winning hamburgers. You can get 10% off using promo code DMBR10. If you're gung-ho like I am or you just eat a lot of beef and you've got some freezer space and it doesn't even take that much if you're taking advantage of the promo codes, all the ground chuck that they're throwing your way, you can get over 200 bucks, get a whole lot of food and free shipping. And again, do use that promo code DMBR10 to get 10% off at HasselCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Oh, yeah, and they've got the right now the buy three, get one free on the flank steaks, Ooh. which are really good. So it's grilling season, too. That's yeah. the other thing. It's grilling season. Grill. It, it, all, it all ties in. Yeah. I didn't realize it, but I guess all we almost have these like seasonal sponsors where right now right. it all clicks in and you go, 
All right, I'll be a shill for all the DNVR sponsors because I, I know you, because you and I are. And you're like, yeah, but it, nobody makes sense. You're like, yeah, you're a shill. <laughs> but no, I actually like all of this stuff. It uh, works. There was a thing. Um, <laughs> my, my, uh, my mother was having some Hassle Cattle stuff and uh, some Breck Brews out, and they were kind of having a, a, a gathering, and she took a picture and was going to send it out on social media. But right before she did, uh, my sister-in-law – removed the Breck brew from the picture because she was worried about like copyright and she didn't realize she was just like, she was trying to help and she was trying to clean up the picture. If you're going to take a picture of the food, you might not want that can of beer in there, but I was going, these are all the things. It's just, they pair together. They just pair together. You do. So, and what, you know, this is the topic of the day. What pairs together better what than baseball, that? baseball and cheating. And what cheating. pairs together What's more that? naturally <laughs> uh, yeah, man, this is so the sticky ball scandal is really fascinating and interesting. And there's a lot of comparisons you can draw to other scandals. And there are a lot of ways in which it's it, it its own thing entirely, very much so. Um, very briefly, as I'm sure almost everyone who's listening to this is familiar with, you know, there's a long history of doctoring the baseball in in the game, right? Uh, everything from guys using Vaseline to hiding bits of sandpaper. Uh, we remember the famous, oh shoot, no, who, who was it that, that threw the, the sandpaper out of his his back pocket, the, the relief pitcher? I'm, I'm just remembering. Dealer Perry. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 So there's. Starter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Unless, unless that's somebody else. I mean, we know Gaylord Perry definitely was, was you know, the king of that. Uh, and he, he he used it so much that obviously that was his reputation. He would continue to touch under his brim, touch his belt, touch, uh, you know, yeah, the, 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 his chest just to mess with the other team. He had nothing on him, but he would just do that to mess with them. Yeah. And that was enough, you know, yeah. to get inside their heads and, and, and to mess with the psyche of a ball player and really to go back and, and I don't know necessarily know this is where the conversation needs to start, but you, you, you talk about like, where's the origin of, you know, not using foreign substances. Um, you know, it does tie in with the, the death of a ball player. Uh, in 1920, Ray Chapman was, was hit by a pitch uh, by a Yankees uh, starter, uh, Carl Mays. And, you know, this was a time, it, it was later in the day, it was, it was before the advent of, of lights inside of stadiums, uh, you know, once it got to be dusk, so it was darker. They also didn't rotate baseballs out quite as frequently. Right. And it was, it was around the time that they, they had banned the spitball, but some guys were still able to use the spitball. They said, hey, Actually, the balls are getting too dirty. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the balls are too dirty. I mean, you guys can still do it. You're old school. That's cool. You can do it. And so Burley Grimes still was throwing a spitball until 1934. Yeah. Um, but but still, you go, Ray Chapman could not see that ball. Got hit, into a he hit in the head. They did not wear helmets during that time. Went to the hospital. Ultimately, you know, died. Uh, it might have even been two days later. Uh, which is incredibly unfortunate, and that's kind of the the start of all of this. Of hey, you know what? Let's let's clean up the game for those purposes. Yeah. So there's also two really interesting elements of the the first question of why doctor the baseball, right? And I think most people obviously know about the most famous one. The the reason you would do it to cheat is for your pitches to move more. I think people largely understand that right when you put a foreign substance on the baseball more often than not 
the goal there is to increase rotation now. And, and we've only really in the last five years, uh, yeah, 10 in, in hardcore circles. But I would say in, in the wider baseball world, closer to five years, really started talking about rotations on the baseball and measuring spin rates and all of this stuff and, and really having hard data on these things. So the idea is that it increases your rotation on a slider or a curveball on a changeup. Uh, no, not as much because not, you don't yeah. you don't want the ball to rotate. Right, wanna, exactly. Or a sinker. You don't really want the ball to rotate. The right. Ball to so, the ball down in the zone. Exactly. Uh, so on basically on your curveballs and sliders and slurves and, and fastball. Maybe a, a, yeah, on a cutter on on a yeah yeah uh, stuff like that. So and so so much like launch angle was that became that thing of of this generation of like hey let's if we just focus on this one aspect of lofting the ball up and again that's been around for a very long time like ted williams kind of you know preached that in many ways and it just became the way that oh, this is the standard way this is how you have to do it launch angle they said well yeah you look at this rpm with the with driveline and rapsodo and looking at all that as you said five years maybe 10 for some hey you know what if we can get more uh more rpm on on the baseball then that that's the goal so let's let's try to do that let's figure out how to do that and some teams and some players figured out how to do that <laughs> so the interesting question is if this has always been a part of the game one why was it allowed to go on on some level for so long and two what's different about right now right and Interestingly enough, I had a, a long time ago uh, inside source on this whole thing that was going to start uh, in an on-record conversation that I very much wish still existed because the podcast doesn't. The uh, the Purple Row podcast that was just me uh, for a very short period of time, they're, they're associated with a different podcast now, but where I interviewed Adam Adovino, and he talked about basically the reason why this has been everyone's kind of looked the other way up until the last couple of years is because it's long been, and this is going to be interesting to see if anyone can prove this Patrick, especially because we weren't measuring the RPMs and all this stuff back then. Right. But um, it had long been the belief amongst some, including Adam Adovino, again, on record with me talking about how sticky stuff for them, what was kind of this new combination of like sunscreen lotion and, mm -hmm. um, Shoot, what was the other thing? Rosin. Um, and, and a little bit of rosin, right? The idea was to have better grip on the baseball so they've got better control and command. So and, and the hitters argued that they were okay with this because it made the game safer, that it actually made it less likely that in this day with guys throwing it like 99 miles an hour and all this movement and stuff, that you don't want it flying up and in and hitting you in the head, right? Like we just talked about. And so the idea was, and and Adovino said this to me, the ball can be very slick sometime. The last thing a hitter wants me to do is just completely lose my grip on my best fastball, and that thing could be going anywhere. And so there's, for a long time there, the kind of allowed cheating, it's kind of like with sign stealing, right? There was this era where it was sort of, everybody knew that everyone was doing some version of it, and then it just started to get more and more and more and somewhere along the line a line was crossed and again just like with that now baseball is saying 
okay, this has always been a rule, but we're going to start enforcing it right now. <laughs> it got out of hand. Yeah. Much like the steroid era. It yeah. got out of hand. So yeah. it, it was allowed, as you said, you, you, you answered your own question. You know, it was allowed because it was for the benefit of, of the hitters as far as keeping them safe, right? Just having uh, the pitchers, having a better tack, better grip on it. And you go, okay, that's fine. No one's doing anything egregious. And anyone that was doing something egregious, you know, they were punished for, you know, maybe the most recently uh, was Michael Pineda, uh, the pitcher right. with, the, with the Yankees and, and now twins. You know, it was just very obvious. He had pine tar on his neck. Um, and again, it was that it, it was that it was obvious. Right. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, you know, guys have been doing that for a while. I mean, Mike Scott in, in uh, the 1986 season was huge where he was cutting the bait, cutting the baseball. He was the Cy Young award winner for the Houston Astros. Mm -hmm. And that kind of just, you know, was, was, was allowed to a degree. Right. Right. Um, and I think if you put the ma I think at that time, and even, even up until now, you put the magnifying lens up against that, it, it's going to be bad for the sport, right? It, it's, it's bad for people to hear, wait a minute, pitchers are cheating yeah. when that kind of doctoring quote unquote, uh, I want to put two quote unquotes around yeah, it, yeah. that kind of doctoring that was allowed. It was, yeah. it was a good kind of doctoring was okay. And the hitters were fine with it. Right. And I think what has happened is, uh, you know, why, why is it now? What, what was your ultimately, what was your second question? You know, why was it allowed and why and is it coming to the forefront now, now, right? Yeah, why is this a scandal right now? And I think it's one of two things. One is, um, the first thing is, is probably a little bit shorter and we'll get to it. Is Trevor Bauer? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Trevor Bauer is yeah, the yeah. Jose Canseco uh, <laughs> yeah. of the steroid era, right? Uh, but he, rather, he's the Jose Canseco of the uh, sticky ball era, where he you, put the yeah. magnifying lens against it. Go ahead, yeah, give him the background. What's Jose Canseco's deal? Most of you know him as a boxer, I think. Um, <laughs> right, right. But yeah, let, let him know who's boxer Jose Canseco. An author. Give him, um, give him, give him a quick wiki. Mr. For, you, for you high school kids who are preparing for your SATs, right? The the what do they call them? It's Jose Canseco is to the steroid era ah. as Trevor Bauer is to the sticky ball era. And Jose Canseco was a great big old funny ass meathead baseball player who was hilarious and weird and scary and potentially dangerous and hit 50 home runs and he and Mark McGuire were the Bash Brothers in Oakland for a minute and kind of started the the thing off uh, of the steroid era a little bit early on. And, and he was basically an unapolog one of the very few unapologetic users wrote a book. But the, the big part of it, really, because there was a lot of guys you could say, oh, man, that guy really benefited Barry Bonds. We know he did Mark McGuire, Sosa, those guys. But the difference was that Jose Canseco wrote the book where he basically just came out and said, here are the people I absolutely know we're using. Here are some guys I suspect we're using. Here are some guys who are cheating on their wives. You know, <laughs> just throw that in there. Uh, but yeah, he he basically, you know, and and what's weird is he makes a ton of outlandish claims. Like even now on Twitter, he said that uh, J Lo and A Rod were going to break up, and then they he said it years ago. He said it years, years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he went. He's the first forty forty player. So A Rod, you know. Right. Uh, filling his shoes there, you know, dated Madonna and and, and all these uh, yeah. other wonderful things. But he did it after his career. He wrote his book 
after he made his money and ultimately felt like he was blackballed as he was approaching 500 home runs and you know was was a masher also it should be noted uh one of the big things he's famous for is having a baseball bonk off of his head <laughs> and go I, out for a home run um, i thought of that but in my long list of things that came into and out of my head <laughs> sure so so bauer has been the one so he's done it during his playing career unlike yeah. Conseco. so you give him a little more respect i think for that it makes him less of a villain i feel like um but he's put the microscope on this issue directly. And then the other reason I think it's think it's a 50-50 why is you have offense at an all-time low. And ultimately, I think the hitters are saying, wait a minute, we think this has gone too far. And maybe it, maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. We will find out. It probably has, but we don't definitively know. We don't definitively know because of Again, the launch angle movement that we've been we've we've had going on, guys just generally throwing faster. Um, again, players maybe trying to do a bit too much at the plate, and so it could be a combination of those things rather than just the use of foreign substance. So that's why this has kind of come to the forefront. But again, Trevor Bauer, you know, you you take Trevor Bauer out of the picture, I don't think this is a thing. You keep him in the picture, and offense is you know fine, or it's just it's on the lower side. I still, I, I don't think yeah. we have anything. I think Bauer is the the culprit. He is the uh, instigator, yeah. if you will. And, and again, that, that might be a completely separate subject. I don't necessarily have a problem with him and what he's done by the by way of this. But but he is a huge, huge piece, I feel. That's, that's another interesting parallel to the steroid era. In fact, I think in a lot of ways, the other big comparison you can make here is Barry Bonds, because as Bauer tells it, and he's really the only guy speaking openly about this. If you saw, uh, you know, the the press conference where Garrett Cole was asked, and he basically, I don't even six know seconds to... of dead silence. <laughs> Yankees PR department, you got to prepare your boy a little bit better than that. That was that was a shame. I, I felt bad for him. I did. I, I did too. Bad. I did too. But and it's tough that you know. Well, no, it's, I don't know, I could get into that. I was going to say, on the one hand, it's tough that he's being asked to answer for everybody, and there's a lot of people who are doing this, but he did make a whole lot of money based on the success he had doing this. And as Bauer tells it, much the way as Bonds, I don't know that Bonds ever told it this way because he's never admitted to having done anything, but like the people in his orbit who try to sell his story often sell it as he saw what Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa were doing and accomplishing and 1998 and saving baseball and being credited and the home run thing. And he just went, well, I can do that. If I do what they do, I can be better than them. And that is essentially exactly what Trevor Bauer was saying. Like he looked around the league and went, oh man, we're all using stuff, but these guys are using this extra stuff, this spider tack shit. Right. And he just goes, I'm going to use that. I'm going to slather the ball now. I'm not even going to be subtle about it. I'm going to demand, I'm going to tell people I'm doing it. I'm going to make baseball you know, and, and he just basically went out and started shoving and won a Cy Young Award and earned himself a really strange three one year contracts. Yeah, that's, I that's what he likes. You know, I don't, I don't, I maybe I don't want to interrupt because I'm not, I, no, I think no. you might have made your point. I think Bauer is both, he's both Canseco and Bonds. Bonds yeah. He, he wrote the book about, he wrote the book, okay, that, that ticks off the Canseco yeah. box. And then he said, all right, well, if everyone's going to do it and make money off of it, I'm going to do it as well. Yeah. 
Totally, hundred percent. And there's a part of you that can go. Part of you that can go. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, Uh, There's another party that goes. Is he the, the, you know, the figurehead of it? Is Garrett Cole, who he kind of is the one guy he's sort of called out directly as, uh, you know, sort of. I guess again, if we're doing the analogies for the the SATs, he's the Mark McGuire or the the Sammy Sosa in this situation. And then, of course, everybody wants to know the next question, which I honestly think is going to be a little more difficult and, and complicated. Again, I think the better analogy here is less steroids where, you know, you were either using or you weren't, and that it was kind of a, an individual decision. Uh, there's going to be, you know, some, so many different varying degrees of cheating, uh, like with the sign stealing scandal where, Almost everyone is doing some version of it. There, there, I, there's no team in baseball that has zero pitchers doctoring the baseball zero percent of the time or in zero ways. That's just there's no one. You know, I, I know there was a, a thing that came out in the Denver Post about how you know the Rockies aren't totally innocent. They're not saints when it comes to all this. Nobody is. This is a, a standard thing. Again, the question is, this is where it's going to be really hard. This is where it's going to turn into a gigantic mess. For Major League Baseball, if they can't get out in front of it and get some kind of messaging together on the difference between spider tack and whatever they were kind of doing before that just gave them a little bit better grip because some teams were probably just like, yeah, we're, we're just going to do this thing here or someplace. And, and it's, it's also down to individuals. You know, if a guy lathers up the inside of his glove, you know, and he doesn't tell his pitching coach or his manager. You know, some of it's going to be systemic. That was the big problem with what the Astros did is that it was systemic. It was organization wide. There were like plans and blueprints and you know, step-by-step instructions. <laughs> you How know, like over the world. <laughs> totally, right? And what's gone on here is just this kind of totally relaxed environment. Um, another analogy, it's sort of like underage drinking from people like 18 to 20. You know, people who are at college but haven't turned 21 yet. It's kind of like this weird, like we know everybody, almost every, it's probably a similar percentage of the people in that range who are throwing down a couple of Breck brews when they're legally not technically allowed to. And when a 20 year old has a beer at home, do any of us really care? No. Are they technically breaking the rules? Yeah. But you know, 16 year olds going out and getting into the liquor cabinet and going wild is a totally different thing. Right. So it's just like the degrees of who was using how much sticky stuff will mention the, you know, the you Darvish thing, the, the gift that kind of went <laughs> viral for a minute. there, like, looked like he was digging into a just full can of Vaseline, like, but it's going to be a, a nightmare to parse this all out because everyone was doing some of it. So the real thing is going to be like, who is doing the most of it and how do you crack down or, or how do you create a policy that just punishes people moving forward, which is, I think, all you can really do at this point, which is why the Astros right. got in so much trouble, by the way, because Major League Baseball basically came out and said, OK, now we're saying very explicitly in a new language, do not do this. And then the Astros still did it. And that's why they got in trouble. Right. So I think that's what's going to happen here at some point in the next few months major league baseball will announce specific language about punishments or whatever for people caught using substances and and hopefully 
it'll it'll tamp it down a little bit. And I do hope that it has some impact because we talked about the mush baseball, but on on the low offense and uh, I do miss games with base hits. Remember base action? Base action. We're we're good. Hit balls in fair territory. Yeah. Well, your 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 wish will come true because next Tuesday is when MLB is going to really start cracking down uh, on this. And and in fact, we've already seen since um, the the past eleven days. Again, a lot of this is according to uh, a recent article by uh, USA Today author Bob Nightingale. Um, Since MLB said, "All right, we need to take this really seriously," that was about eleven days ago. Um, 